Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a podcast for Home Field Advantage. I'm your host back again, Michael Lavelle, uh, here to bring you another week of sports talk. Uh, Lately, I've been giving a lot of props to LeBron James. Just want to let y'all know I haven't changed. I still hate him. But we won't worry about all that. I have an excellent guest, as usual, for the show. First time on this podcast, but someone who's very familiar. This person I consider a mentor. Um, I follow a lot of her examples in sports. Uh, Somebody who has given me a lot of advice, and I've held very dearly to those things. She's probably one of the best people to talk sports with, and I truly appreciate her, no matter... Whether or not I ever become a success at this thing But no matter what I will forever hold this person in high regard Introducing to the show Vashti Hurt Founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz She wrote a bunch of stuff She's talked a bunch of stuff But now she's on our podcast What's up Vashti? Hey Mike, I mean that was uh, I'm just speechless. That introduction has me my allergies acting up a little bit. <laughs> I know they cutting up onions. I mean, geez, but thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, I always have fun with you guys, and you know, Mike and 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 Twitter, and he's one of my favorite Twitter followers, uh, and one of the favorite people that I follow on Twitter. So. I'm, I'm happy to be on your on your podcast. Hey, thank you so much. Um, and of course, I mean everything. Like you, you've given me advice when you didn't have to answer a question, and I, I thank you so much for that because I've I've held on to all those things. I paid attention. Well, thank you. I um, like, as I said, I'm still I'm still you know I still have a lot of people that I look up to and to. Have someone who I respect look up look up to me. It's, it means a lot, so I appreciate it. I'm always happy to talk sports, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right, cool. So, as everybody knows, we start our show off with a got beef segment. This one will be very short because I've ranted about this before. Um, Pete Briscoe, excellent writer for CBS, just put out an article about the demise of what happened to the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Now, I personally have gotten over what happened until I read this article where he spoke about how Matt Ryan couldn't change certain plays. And the reason for that was because Kyle Shanahan took a lot of time to call those plays. Now, granted, Kyle is intelligent. He is smart. There's no denying that. There's no denying his offensive prowess. But it just makes me more sick to my stomach that you took probably like 
10 to 16 seconds to not call a run play. It just makes me want to vomit. But yet, I am over it. I'm ready for the next season. No, you're not. You're not. You're not over it. And it's, it's clear you're not over it. You know, I just, I think that, that Shanahan got caught overthinking. And, you know, as someone who is no stranger to the NFC South, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this season. And trust and believe when the Falcons come to Carolina country, we will not let you guys forget that you blew that lead on the biggest stage against kind of like one of the most corrupt teams in the nation. You had, it was kind of like Trump versus Barack and like the Falcons really tricked it off. And and I'm still can't believe it, but y'all did. And I I promise you, I was in Atlanta watching the, watching the Super Bowl at a little gathering and we were talking about where we were going. We were like, okay, we were going to go to the strip club. We're going to yes. go to the regular club. Because Atlanta is going to be packed tonight. Then it was like almost after we said that, everything started going downhill. I, I just, that is one of the biggest trick-offs in sports history. And I'm just glad it didn't happen to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I'm going to let you uh, throw your little shots, but... I mean, it's true. It was one of the biggest, uh, most dumbfounded uh, collapses. And it just blows that, you know, Kyle Shanahan was like, well, sorry, bye. <laughs> just, it just stings. But, you know, hopefully this upcoming season will be good. But, you know, it's very hard to live up to the type of season that Atlanta had because we don't have that t- those type of seasons frequently. <laughs> or even and it's also hard. Yeah, it's also hard to go back to back in the NFC South. It's one of oh, like so with difficult. Tampa Bay. Really, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a beast this year. Um, up until Carolina did it a couple years ago, uh, there hadn't been back to back NFC South champions. So, I mean, that was that was good last year, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it happening again. We shall see. No um, shade, though. No shade. That was no. This was strictly sports analysts coming from you in in terms of that. It's gonna it's gonna be tough. That no. Super Bowl, that Super Bowl hangover is real. Trust me. I know being here in Carolina and to lose in the fashion that the Falcons lost. I mean, uh, it's like you know your girlfriend leaving you and like. You see her. You have to see her every day. It's like you losing in the in the sport that you love, and every day you have to go and you have to relive that when you when the ball snaps. I mean, there's no way that you can't think about that moment for the rest of your life. There's gonna be a thirty for thirty in this. You know that, right? Uh, no, because Atlanta will win a Super Bowl. I don't know when, but that's the no, only no. thing. There'll that be a thirty is. for thirty on that collapse. I, it's I hope coming. That. We don't want to see. Oh that. yeah. We do yeah, not want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm over it again. New life. <laughs> um, but it's true. But it's true. You said everything correct. NFC South is tough. Panthers, even the Saints, as sorry as they are, mm-hmm. they're still a tough out. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah. we're not like the Patriots and playing a sorry division. Mm-hmm. 
We don't get that opportunity. You know, I just thought about it. NFC, for the most part, have a bunch of tough divisions. The AFC yeah. got like one. That's it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that either. And the West for a while wasn't that good, but now the West is pretty. The, the West is tough now. Mm-hmm. Um, the the East, you know, that's kind of like the premier one with with the um, with the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants and the right. and the uh, Redskins. And now you have the South, which has you know, to me, has that kind of with Winston and Cam kind of has that younger swag. Uh, so it's not, it's really, I mean, you're right. When it comes to conferences, the NFC is much tougher than the AFC. Absolutely. Now, of course, I mentioned that um, you are the founder of Carolina Blitz, which is an excellent, and I want you guys to go follow them, Twitter, Instagram, go to their page, excellent website. Uh, and you did a really good job on the ACC Media Day. Just to put that Thank you. Um, you cover uh, all of the Carolina teams, including the ones who have been big in the headlines. So we'll get started. I want to get your thoughts on Charlotte Hornets, whose biggest acquisition this year has been Dwight Howard. I know my opinions on him from Atlanta, but I would love to hear what what is Carolina or Charlotte's expectations now that Dwight Howard is there. I don't think Charlotte or Hornet fans or the people of Charlotte have expectations of Dwight Howard, and that's probably the best situation for him to be in. So it's like Dwight Howard was, you know, this 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 man child in Orlando and he was so good. And then everybody when he went to the Lakers, everybody expected instant championship, right? And and that didn't work out with the Lakers. And then he goes to Houston and they think, Oh, you know, him and James Harden, there's gonna be they're gonna be able to take down the Western Conference juggernaut. And that didn't happen. Then it went to Atlanta and it's like, oh, he's coming home to Atlanta. He's going to do this and this and this and that. And that didn't happen. And so now he's coming at 85 to Charlotte and it's like, okay, cool. You know, it's not that big of a deal. And I think that that's going to help him out because, you know, we know that Dwight Howard isn't, he, he, He's kind of, I don't think he thrives being the man, clearly. Um, mm. And he has he has some questionable kind of, like some might say that he's kind of like, I don't know if he loves playing basketball. Um, I don't get that Ooh. from him. I just no, think I that don't. he's tall and basketball pays him a lot of money and it allows him to get women. So he does that <laughs> and that's what he does. Um, but And, and he's going to ride it to the wheels go up. But as far as being the man on a team or being a team's savior, he doesn't play that role well, and he's not going to be expected to play that role in Charlotte. It's just like, okay, Dwight Howard's here. He's going to be a post-present. So we'll see. I mean, he did have his best years uh, with Clifford, who is now the whole coach of the the Hornets in Orlando. So maybe, you know, he knows how to bring the best out of him. But I just think it's it's a win-win situation for the Hornets because if he doesn't do well, well, then, okay, this is the same old Dwight Howard. 
And if he comes in and he and Kimba develops this like type of chemistry and 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 he has a kind of resurgence of his career, then it's like wow. So, you know, we bought we bought uh Dwight Howard back to life for however many years he has until, you know, you know, till the big men start getting washed. So, you know, I just I just think it's a good situation for him at this time in his life and his career. Um, he's not too old where he can't have an impact, but he's not the young force where people expect him to come in and just be the man. Well, that's pretty good that um, I guess people in Charlotte don't have a huge expectation. Um, I do think Dwight Howard is good enough to help you guys make the playoffs. And coming from Atlanta, when we weren't making the playoffs, making the playoffs was everything. You know, now we've been in it so much and losing, we just don't care. But I think mm-hmm. it's good for Charlotte to actually make the playoffs. That'll be good for the city, good for the team, and generating buzz. No point well, intended. You know, Charlotte has been to the playoffs a couple of times. What Charlotte doesn't need to do is get blown out in the playoffs. So that's what's been happening. Like, Charlotte's been the eighth seed, and they have to meet the, the Heat or they have to meet the Cavaliers, or they have to run into some buzzsaw, and they get swept in the first round. So, yeah, we made the playoffs, but, you know, it's kind of like once you get there and you get swept, that's not fun. Um, That's true. So, yeah, I definitely think. And and the Hornets were kind of in playoff contention this past season. So, yeah, definitely. I I think, yeah, I mean, I I would agree that he makes them. Well, I don't even know if him being on the squad will improve them enough to make them definite playoff contenders. I just don't know how well they'll, they'll gel. But, again, to me, that's a good thing because nobody really has many expectations for, for Dwight Howard at this yeah. point. I mean, until well, the Hornets sign, like, a big-name free agent or we get the top pick, which we should have got with Anthony Davis, and people in Charlotte are still very salty about salty. that. <laughs> Yeah, very salty about that. Then you know the Hornets will be here, and 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 people will root for them. But and, and kind of like the Panthers, I think the the Panthers. Well, the Panthers had a couple of Super Bowls, and uh, two Super Bowl seasons, and of course that helps your your stock rise in the city that you're in. So if the Hornets can make a run, a playoff run, make it to the to the maybe the Eastern Conference Finals or something. Uh, I think that that would help the city, but, you know, would Dwight Howard be the one to help them get over the hump or even make a loan? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I mean, putting my money on it. I mean, okay, so to me, he had a revitalization here in Atlanta. I thought he became effective again uh, defensively, um, rebounding, of course, because Atlanta had a deficiency there. So I think he could still bring that to Charlotte. I actually think that he's he's really good in the pick and roll. And I think that'll be great for him and Kimba. Now, where he goes from there, he definitely not going to impact the offensive side outside of the pick and roll. But, you know, Dwight Howard's just a dinosaur. It's, not, it's like you said, some people question whether or not he wants to play. I think he wants to play. He's just outdated. And he's having to cope with that. Same thing with Andre Drummond and all these other big guys who they're basically being phased out. Uh-huh. It just, it just, you know, I know it's hard for him to deal with, you know, but I ain't gonna lie. Glad to see him go. Hate to see a plumly on my team, but if it, 
if it took that to get I rid mean, of the White House. I mean, Plumlee isn't bad. He's just one of those energy guys, you know? Right. It's always good to have an energy guy on the bench. I, yeah, I want him deep <laughs> on the bench. Very deep on the bench. Next to the Gatorade. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Next to the game. Guys, Tony could come out next season and ball, and then he's going to be eating all of those words. I would, but I don't want him to ball. I want us. I actually want Atlanta to miss the playoffs for a change. It's just time. Um, But I, I totally agree with you. Have low expectations for Dwight Howard. Um, I actually thought that he had a good season outside of the immaturity that he showed on the court. But outside of that, I I think it's a good acquisition, and y'all gave up nothing to get him. So, right, good job. Uh, let's talk of Carolina. You brought up Carolina a little earlier. Of course, they are. Well, first of all, people are saying that Carolina has been in the news in the off season the last few years. Carolina's been in the news in the off season every year that I can remember, from punching players to. <laughs> <laughs> to, to cutting players has been everything, but the latest news is Dave Gettleman. Um, what's the thought in Carolina about him getting fired? I mean, he did change the team. Uh. Yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of people who did not like the firing, or they did not like the they didn't like the firing, and or they didn't like the timing of the firing. Yes. So when I get an alert to my phone and they're like, David Gettleman is fired, like, everybody hit me up, like, what? Like, that's what I was like, yo, we got to find out what really happens because I understand if there's beef, but you can't deny the fact that Gettleman kind of created a Super Bowl team. And not kind of, but he helped to create a Super Bowl team. And before he got there, the Panthers were in terrible, um, uh, uh, cap structure territory, and he kind of helped get the, with, with some hard decisions. He got the help get the Panthers out of financial trouble. I think people were really salty about that Steve Smith, uh, the way that he did Steve Smith, and I still feel like uh, the team did Steve Smith wrong. Um, and you know, karma is and it will always be the baddest chick around. Yeah. And, and so maybe that's a little bit of that coming back to, to fight him, but I, I don't like the timing of this. You know, you have guys who have been trying to extension to get him in, and, and you get to know um, that 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 role within your team when you get adjusted, and having to make that switch right before training, I just don't think, I, I don't think, I don't think we're getting the full story. And I, what I'm hearing is that, um, Gettleman was about to make some really tough decisions about Thomas Davis, who's been mm-hmm. the Panthers his whole career and was looking for an extension, and also Greg Olson, who also wants an extension. Greg Olson wants to be paid like you know the best uh, tight end in the league, and I guess wants some more money. And I understand that. I mean, getting to get to to cash out in football is very small. And also, and, and, and I think that Jerry Richardson has, um, I think that sometimes he looks at these guys as their family or maybe pseudo-sons, but not sons, you know what I'm saying, to the extent where they play on his team. But, you know, I, I'm not 
you know, they're not inheriting any funds once he moves on. But when I say he has a sense of loyalty to his players, this is what there's this is what I'm hearing that he has a sense of loyalty to his players and that, you know, guys are, are wanting to leave or he doesn't want guys to leave. He wants to have those type of franchise players, guys who come and stay with the organization until they retire. Uh, and it's kind of hard in football. You have Thomas Davis. He's no spring chicken. Yes, he's had two good seasons, two Pro Bowl seasons, but he's also had three ACL tears, I believe. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of it's kind of tough to really cash him out. Like he probably wants to be when you know that there really isn't much upside. Right. You know, and he, and and Greg Olson. Yes, he's one, he's one of Cam Newton's primary targets. Should he be paid like uh, comparable to some of the tight ends with that that type of importance in the offense among the league? Yes. Should he be the top paid tight end? I don't know about that. So you know, in business and sports is a business. Tough decisions like that have to be made, and we see time and time again that there is no loyalty most of the time in sports. And Jerry Richardson wants there to be some type of loyalty. I don't think yeah. that's a bad thing per se. I think that that's refreshing to see. But I, there has to be a way to remain loyal and respectful of your players without making bad business decisions. Yeah, and I-, I also think that maybe Gettleman like kiss jerry richardson's wife or maybe he sent some nudes to his wife or his daughter <laughs> like i'm thinking it has to be something else because the timing of this is highly suspicious something went on yeah. maybe gettleman and richardson kind of talked about this and gettleman called them a punk or something i don't know but something went down other than like what the, the speculation is is that you know, it's just about the players. Something personal. There's something right. personal going on here. I will bet my money on it that there's something personal going on merely for the fact that the timing is completely bad. And now back and hired Marty Honey, who's her name is Charlie, he actually owns uh, the ESPN affiliate radio station here, which has to be some type of conflict and interest where yeah. I'm not even going to go but um, and he was one of the ones who, who did not draft very good players and kept the good players that he didn't draft and didn't cut them when it was time to and gave out some outrageous contracts. So it was like Gettleman came in and fixed Hernie's mess and now Hernie's back as an interim as an interim GM. And you know, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean Gettleman came in in 2013 and. Yes, he does have a draft the best player available type of um, style, you know, but that's work for the Panthers. You guys have a lot of talent. I just I'm like you. It had to be an argument. Maybe they wanted to talk about Thomas Davis and it got very disrespectful. It had to because even from a business standpoint, at this point of the season, it's time to ride this GM out. I mean, he's done right. all of the acquisitions. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing that's left is trimming the roster down to 53. That's mostly the coach. Gettleman has constructed this team for this year. 
you might as well leave him there. Um, so it had to be some really bad blood there. And um, it also triggers, you know, all of these former players' responses from Josh Norman to D'Angelo Williams, Steve Smith, and I think John Beeson just came out uh, last night making comments about they didn't like Gettleman. But then when you are a GM that makes those type of moves, you're going to be disliked. Yeah. Well, you knew the petty meter was going to rise, um, and people who felt like they got uh, mistreated by someone, I mean, you revel in the fact that this guy fired you or did you wrong, and it came back and happened to them. To me, the only person with a legitimate gripe is Steve Smith. Uh, I mean, D'Angelo Williams, John Beeson, Josh Norman, Connor, and even Josh Norman, I don't. I didn't like the way that situation played out. Right. But Josh Norman became a diva in his own right too. So it's like Josh Norman wanted to be play, paid like Revis. I don't. Yes. I don't know if he has that one-on-one Revis coverage capability. You know what I mean? Um, I so I do. But I, I just think you that do have to. I think you do have to consider the point that the way Carolina played out that situation with him praising him, basically saying he needs to be paid as a top corner. He is the best corner in the league. So when he comes ask for the money, now all of a sudden it's too much. I thought that was my only issue with Gettleman was really how he handled a Josh Norman. And, of course, you can't handle a guy like Steve Smith in the fashion that you did. But I'm with you. Everybody else, I don't know why they have a gripe. D'Angelo yeah. Williams out here wrestling. Ugh, he's so whack. The, the <laughs> thing with Josh, the thing with Josh Union, and you know, I mean, you have to make your players feel confident. And Josh Norman was a huge asset to that defense. I think there, I think that there was some wrongdoing on both sides of the table. And honestly, I think if people could go back and do it again, I think they would go back and 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 probably work things out. I think that Josh Norman thrives in a defense like what the Panthers yeah. have. Totally I also agree. think that um, although the NFC South has some awesome receivers, like the NFC East receivers are yeah, really no tough as well. <laughs> yeah. Right, there's no slouch. So, and it, some might even say they're tougher than the, than the well, NFC South receivers. So I think that looking back, they both would have made different decisions. Um, but so it's questionable with Norman. Beeson and Williams, it was thank you for your service. But Steve Smith deserved way better, yeah. way, way better than what he got. And I thought that his kind of, you know, his kind of retaliation or, 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 or petty, ultra-petty tweet um, right. in, in the wake of what happened was, was perfectly executed. And... Even though football is different than basketball as far as how to work the mechanics of business, I think there is a way for Gettleman to be the type of GM he wants to be, but do it in a way that doesn't rub players the wrong way or ownership. I think of the Fal- I mean the Hawks, who have made a lot of transactions over the last two to three years, and a lot of their transactions seem on the outside very harsh. But when you learn that, like, when we traded away Jeff T, 
we went to Jeff T. Say, where would you like to go? We're not going to be able to keep you, but where would you like to go? Um, Jamal Crawford, who we just traded for and did a buyout, came to him, said, we know you want to play somewhere. What's your buyout price? I think having that type of conversation instead of treating players like they're novelty toys, that's something get them, that probably bit Gettleman in the butt. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, Gettleman's cutthroat. I mean, he's cutthroat. And you either handle that well or you either cutthroat with him or, or you or you don't. And, obviously, Richardson didn't handle it well. And he's the one signing the checks. So, that's it with that, right? Oh, good point. <laughs> that's true. Um, but... You know, with the Carolina, um, I don't think that this move is going to hurt them as much as people would like to say. Um, yeah. The team's already set. The talent's already there. Um, unfortunately, it's not a lot of talent on the offensive line, but it wasn't any why Gettleman was here. So you, you might as well just move on if that's what you want to do. And like you said, he signed a check, so whatever. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to the big story of the week. Um, oh, this hurts to talk about. Michael Vick, former Atlanta Falcon, uh, somebody who's been doing everything right since he got out of jail. He screwed up and screwed up in a big way. Um, of course, if you haven't heard, Michael Vick decided to call, well, give his opinion on Colin Kaepernick, saying that maybe he should address his image if he wants to get back into the NFL. Of course, that met with a lot of backlash and Michael Vick retracting some of his statement. But I just wanted to get Vashti's opinion on this because I know she can be very opinionated about these type of things. What do you think about first, what Mike Vick said? First of all, let me let me say that this y'all boy, right? This okay. is this is this y'all boy, and then I'm hoping, you know. I, when I'm saying that, I see the headline first, and I was like, okay, this might be just a clickbait. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have headlines yep. that when it's put into context, and you're like, okay, that person didn't mean that. Man, this Michael Vink, I was lowered by his comment. If I were his woman, is it his name, Whatever her name is, if I were his woman, we would have serious conversation when you got mm. home about what you're doing and, and and what are you talking about and, and and who are you? You know, to to say that this grown man who is fighting for rights and and equal protection under the law and just basic civil justice for people like you and your kids and you to tell this man he should cut his hair in order to appease NFL owners? Nah, yeah. son. Like, who who are you and where are you from? And then, I also thought it was very concerning, not only that he suggested that Michael get cut his hair, but he then starts this argument that, oh, he's not signed because of his production the last yeah. two seasons. Well, we can run up a list of quarterbacks who have not performed nearly as well as Kaepernick has, who have already gotten jobs. So it's like somebody needs to get a flash, a phone flash, and, and shine it in Michael Vick's face. 
because he's in the second place. Like, he's gone. <laughs> I totally agree. He's gone. And it's sad to see because really, when Michael Vick came, Michael Vick kind of, and this is kind of debatable, but he kind of revolutionized that quarterback position. He made yeah. that athletic mobile quarterback position cool. You yep. know, and he made it really a possibility for guys like Jameis Winston, for guys like Cam Newton, um, for mobile quarterbacks to be respected in the league, black mobile quarterbacks. And so for you, who at one point was kind of like this um, this revolutionary when it came to the sport of football yeah. and being able to, to do, to bring athleticism to a position that was really reserved for guys who weren't particularly athletic. You know what I mean? For you to be that person and then now um, to come out and say this mess, like I thought people were supposed to get wiser as they got older, and I guess <laughs> Michael Vick just got more stupid. Um, now, let me say and this, he's now co- Let me say huh? this. Um, my boy Marlon Copeland, even when Michael Vick was here, he said that Michael Vick was one of the dumbest players he saw. Like, intelligence. He thought that Michael Vick was just not bright. I I kind of mm. agree with that. I think everything that he said since he got out of jail, while it was smart, seemed very PR-ish. It sounded very constructed, planned, intelligently put together. For some reason, he decided to say these things, which... My first reaction was like yours. He couldn't have said that. This must be Jason Whitlock again doing what he does. And it really wasn't. It was Michael Vick. So it makes me wonder, was this Michael Vick's opinion on the like on the fly opinion? Or was this Michael Vick prepared statement opinion? I don't know. It just really... I don't know. I, I think that I don't know if it was a shared. I don't know if it was a prepared statement. I just think that he was just talking off the top of his head, and he came off sounding real stupid. Or maybe he felt like because he was on Jason Whitlock's show that he had to to have some type of Jason Whitlock ish type of opinion. Oh but what he has done is. He has isolated himself from his biggest group of supporters. Yes. And when Michael Vick went to jail for dogfighting, like, the black community stood behind him. Yep. Michael Vick would not have gotten another shot in the NFL if Tony Dengi and other black athletes and black the black community didn't support him. But if we left him alone and was like, nah, man, like, we don't, like, we're not riding with you. Mike Vick would be doing camps all year for, for fifty dollars a kid. Yeah. So he had an opportunity to go back to the league because he had the support of our community. And I think that is so sad when you have guys who mess up and they get the support of, of the of our, of our community and are able to continue to to have some type of uh, uprising or, or flourish again. They end up turning their backs and that's how that's what i feel like vic did i do feel to some extent he probably regrets what he's saying that because i'm sure he has friends and family and loved ones who was like dude you are tripping like what is wrong with you if you go to his kind of section 
Whenever somebody does something stupid like this, I go to their comment section. Yeah. He's being called a coon. He's being called a sellout. All kind of names. And if you are really strong and proud in your blackness, to be told that by people who were once fans of yours, like, that hurts, man. And he yeah. even came out with a statement, which was weak sauce. It was, um, it was terrible. It's just... This y'all boy, I can't, I can't even claim him anymore. Like he's gone. Cam Newton had his moments last year. Now he, you know what? You're right. You're right. Cam Newton did have his moment. It was like Super Bowl year. He was all like, "I'm going to give you this blackness, and I'm going to be unapologetic about it." And then last year, from what I heard, the Panthers kind of organization saw his influence. Yep. And they got to him, and they gave him this PR person yeah. who was uh, a very uh, staunch conservative and tied to, um, very well-connected and tied to the Republican Party. And now his whole voice changed. Yep, and it, it seemed like his game changed with it because he didn't seem to be as electrifying as he was, you know, the previous year. I just think that I think that these guys need to be allowed to be themselves unapologetically and not feel like they have to conform to a standard in order to be accepted. And that's what the problem is. And that's why what what Michael Vick said is so dangerous. Because if you have to continue to try to conform to a standard in order to appease other people, we lose who we are as people. And that is our power. Like, we mm-hmm. have such influence in this country from not just hairstyles, but from music, fashion, um, like Twitter, like the Utable Viral, what are they doing? It's the appropriation of black things. Like, I think, who was that? Uh, I have said, we the OG in this, oh, yep. in this pancake game or something yep. like that. And it goes viral. So it's like, don't be, don't, you didn't have to apologize or conform, conform to be accepted. If Colin Kaepernick wants to walk around with his, with his, with his, uh, his, his phone and, and put his fist high in the air, then he should be allowed to do that. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not, I mean, and for Michael Vick to say that he should have to change his image when this guy does not have a bad image to begin with, you yep. change your image. You don't end yeah. up in the jail. You had to change your image. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's just, to me, it's just very, it's, I'm so very disappointed that we I have a, yet another one who is gone. Just put him on the list by, beside OJ. He's probably <laughs> getting out of jail tomorrow, by the way. Hey, free OJ. Free OJ. Yeah, we stick him beside him too, and then when he gets out, <laughs> let's see what he has to say. That's like, true. <laughs> right. Um, I will say this about Michael Vick. I don't want to put him on a sellout list quite yet. I, oh. I I think that what he said was wrong. It was incorrect. But I think that there was some uh, uh, misunderstanding in it. I don't think he explained himself well enough to redeem himself. And what I mean by that is I think Michael Vick was given the advice that he knows, which is clean your image up if you want to get back in the NFL. But he didn't he neglected the part where you and Kaepernick are in different positions. You guys just play the same position on the field. But 
he doesn't uh, have a image issue. You did. So you had to clean up your image to get back in the NFL. Kaepernick is totally different. So I, I wish you would have cleaned it up better. Explain yourself deeper. Um, I just can't put him on a sellout list quite yet, even though he's almost there uh, with that. With that uh, statement he put out yesterday, I was like, okay. Like, I, I don't know what you're trying to say, Vic, but. Uh, right. Like, I, I, he had an opportunity in his statement yeah. to, like, backpedal. Like, and we wouldn't have even been mad at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, bro, we get it. You on TV, you kind of messed up. Like, but then your statement was like whack too. So yeah. it's there, to me, there's no defending. Now maybe he's not quite OJ, but he's right there. They sit at the same table. So I, you yeah. know, I I just don't know, and I really feel like Kaepernick is not going to get back in the NFL. And I don't, I don't think feel so, like we, and I don't feel like he should have to feel like that should be his goal. He made his choice, and to mm-hmm. me, that is that is the admirable choice to put issues and 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 things that are more important than money above money. He said that the way that my people are being treated in this country is more important than me getting a check. And mind you, he's he's comfortable, yeah. and honestly, he'll be able to write books. He'll be able to go on TV shows. Colin Kaepernick will get coins, okay? He's not ever going to be broke. Like, he's in the Smithsonian, like the African-American Smithsonian Museum. Uh, why? Because he had the courage to take a stand. Yep. He will be talked about before maybe any other, arguably, any other black quarterback who has played in the NFL. And That's not true. because of what he's done on the field, it's because of his impact off of it. So what are we focusing on now? Are we really focusing on making an impact on the field? We're really, honestly, you're just um, you're you're there for a time frame, and you're making you're making a whole bunch of money for other people while putting your your body on the line. Like there's a book, and I always talk about this book when I go on shows. There's a book called Forty Million Dollars Slaves. Um, and if you are a fan of sport and you enjoy history, it's an excellent book to read. But now, the what's system the name of, of professionals, forty million dollars slaves. Okay. Um, I think Roden uh, Roden is the last name of the author. Um, but I love history and I love sport, and my mom actually gave me that book to read, and it kind of um, goes back and looks at the history of African Americans in sports and how really. This system is not set up for these guys to be successful really after they finish playing. Yeah. That's why these guys are broke. Because let's really think about it. If these guys were able to 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 take the the whole, you take guys from the, the lower socioeconomic communities, you put them in the league, you give them all of this money. They have families they have to take care of at home. They're exposed to a whole bunch of stuff that they've never seen before. They probably don't have the guidance from family and friends because they've never seen it before either. And you spend money. Yep. Unnecessarily. So if these guys were really taught from an early age what they needed to do as they got older, if they were to possibly be uh, NFL players, and weren't, uh, not just that, 
but we're given other options. Like, if I have a son, if he is a, a NFL prospect, it's always going to be an option, but you're going to have a part B, too. We're, we're planning your second career from day one because we know how fickle this industry is. But they're yeah. not taught to be like that. They're now, taught to have this, this hoop game I, I will say and this, this point. tunnel vision. Hold on. Hold I, 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 want, I do want to bring this point out. Now, in reference to Kaepernick, I've told people this. I think that Kaepernick understands the risk he took. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people think he doesn't understand, but I think he right. do. I think he planned that maybe, just maybe, I might not be able to play again. So let me handle right. myself accordingly, which is something mm-hmm. that I think goes to your point. You know, these players don't have a plan. All they can think about is what's on the court, I mean, or on the field. Kaepernick's thinking outside of that. So it's interesting that that you brought that point up because I think Michael Vick is talking on the field. Well, Kaepernick's talking off the field. Right. It's two different playing fields. Two different playing fields, and I don't think that Kaepernick cares. Kaepernick has, like, he's been planning for this. You didn't take up the stand that he took and not have a calculated plan. Now, if he was able to mm-hmm. continue to play football, that's fine. But he knew that it was better to be remembered and to better to be impactful. And that will go much farther than than just being some guy taking hits on the field for someone else. Totally um, agree. And the culture... And the culture that has been um, established in professional sports wants you to have this tunnel vision. Everything's about the game. Everything's about the sport. Everything is about this and this and that. And you don't want to jeopardize that. And that's how they want these guys to think. Because the harder they play, the more money these guys get. Trust. In comparison to what these owners um, and even uh, uh, owners and front office people Roger Goodell makes $30 million a year. Like, are we serious right now? Robbery. So in comparison to what these these big-time guys make, like, it's nothing compared to what these dudes make on the field. Their contracts aren't guaranteed. They put their bodies on the line for maybe three to five years of success. Longer, you're, I mean, and if you're longer, you're really in the minority. Um, and then you have no backup plan. So I feel like owners are nobody is going to like these guys got together and we're saying we cannot allow Kaepernick. Kaepernick is not going to get another job, and it's not because of Kaepernick, but it's more important for them to send a message to other players exactly. that we not y'all got to stay in y'all place. Exactly. All right, because if y'all don't stay in y'all's place, we see who runs the show. So mm-hmm. it's not really about Kaepernick, right? Because if it was really about Kaepernick, you know, and that's not who they're worried about. They're worried about all all the other hundreds of men who are looking at what's happening to Kaepernick, and they know that the fact that Kaepernick, you quote unquote, took food off of Kaepernick's table, that if I now speak up and I realize my true influence as an NFL football player and begin to speak up as well, not only do they threaten the product on the field and threaten their money, they also can threaten their status and other things that come along with having a man who is strong in his belief and his power. So they're not Trump Kaepernick. 
They're yeah. sending a message to all of these other players, and these other players are watching and they're eating it up, and they're emasculating these men through Kaepernick. And you know the funny part? This same thing happened to Michael Vick. They, there was a message sent with Michael Vick. Before mm-hmm. that, the precedent was not that much of a harsh penalty when it came to dogfighting and uh, interstate commerce. Really, Michael Vick served time for the outer state commerce and operating illegal entities like they were going to send a message it's funny that Vic doesn't see that in Kaepernick the NFL is trying to send a message not that we don't want you to speak up about whatever you want to speak about we don't want you to do it to the point where it brings anything to the NFL but is you can't do that when my notoriety has come from the NFL and I think I think Kaepernick saw it and was like, I understand my place. I understand my role. You can't stop me from doing anything. Exactly. And, they and I, do the check and out I there. think I think it is the NFL also. But I, I really can't help but think bigger and think it's also societal uh, because with the way that our country is changing, I think that, and I'm not going to get too political. But I think that the election of Donald Trump is a direct reflection of um, a lot of Americans being scared of where this country is headed as far as um, people being more outspoken about things mm-hmm. and, and the the power of social media and, uh, and the Black Lives Matter movement and, and everything that's going on. I think that... Um, I think that a uh, sector of society who has had historical control sees that that could be coming to um, an end. Not not an imminent end, but eventual end. Um, or at least not ha- they not have the influence that they have. And it's through people like Colin Kaepernick who can really have an effect on people um, that that will change. And that's what they're trying to silence. That's what they did with the Black Panther Party yep. when they infiltrated it through the FBI. They saw real change being occurred, and people who are historically um, uh, uh, discriminated against and, and and put in situations where they would not flourish, coming up with programs and ideas to elevate um, to elevate themselves. And what do you do? You destroy it from within. Um, yep. And and that's what they did. And what do you do for black folk who are lying to check for daily living? You take away their checks. Yep. Or at least the threat of taking away their checks. And that will follow them with the quickness. And that's what's going on with Colin yeah. Kaepernick. And Colin Kaepernick is, is cool with it, I think. He sees the bigger picture. But the majority of NFL players um, on teams don't see that. Yeah. And I think and the fans that, don't even see it. The fans don't I, see I think, it. All right, I don't think the I don't think the majority of fans see it. It's it's so much bigger than 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 snapping a ball or taking a knee on the sideline. It's it's about power. It's about power. And in harmony, what you said about the Black Panthers, you know, it's important to know that when the government decided to take out the Black Panthers, they were not trying to just take out the Black Panthers. They were trying to prevent more groups from forming. So just like with Kaepernick, like you said, 
it's not just all about Kaepernick. It's about preventing more Kaepernicks from popping up, from players embracing their role and saying, you can't control me with money. I know my power. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I do have a question, though. Um, I don't know if you used to work in corporate or, or the corporate world. Yes, I did. I was uh, an investment banker for about 12 years. Oh, okay. So you understand. Um, when I work in corporate now, when we go into those buildings for our jobs, I'll be lying if I didn't say that most African-Americans change their image, even from it might be as minor as how they talk. So could that be where Vic was coming from? That's definitely where Vic was coming from. I understand where he was coming from. Where he was, but it shouldn't, he should, to me, in Kaepernick's situation, he should not be discouraging what Kaepernick is doing. Yeah. Now, if my goal is to get a corporate job and move up the corporate ladder, then okay, all side note advice would be, yo, dude, you got this, you got this fertile, you might want to cut it down. If that's your goal, but that's not Colin Kaepernick's goal. And yep. being on the field isn't Colin Kaepernick's goal. Colin Kaepernick's goal is to bring awareness to racial injustice in this country. And he can rock whatever flow. He can rock braids. He can rock a fade. He can rock the Duke haircut that's tapered on the side with the little dingleberries at the top. <laughs> he can rock whatever hairstyle he wants to, yep. and his message will still be heard. So yep. that's why, and Michael Vick, to me, saying that kind of, kind of softens kind of softens the impact of maybe not of Colin Kaepernick, but it makes it seem like Colin Kaepernick doesn't have the full support of the black community, which, and, and, and mm -hmm. by, which I think by large he does. And so to have somebody who has influence like Michael Vick to tell this man to cut his hair, you a joke, dude. Like I was in corporate America and there's certain things that I would not and still would not do if I am among people of another race. Not because I feel like I have to conform, but it's because I feel like stereotypes would be associated with it. So right. I feel like there's a way to be yourself. Just like even at Media Day. At Media Day, uh, I just did ACC Football Media Day uh, this past Thursday and Friday. And I was the only black woman reporter there. That was it, just me. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that I have to carry myself in a certain manner and I had there's certain things that I can't say now I might you know I will use words that I used to use and the players are relatable to uh, relate to that but there's just certain things that I can't I can't do like mm -hmm. I can't um even dress I can't wear I have to be extra conservative in my dress because I'm a black woman and I have thighs and I have hips and have a booty. And so, if I'm wearing something that's a little more fitted, it comes across differently right. than Becky, who might not have been blessed with I'm blessed with hers. And so, even if it's that minor, I have to be cognizant of those things. Now that I have my own business, I can ask for the first time in my life, I've been able to have braids. Mm -hmm. And it might not seem major to people, but that's major to me. 
because being in corporate America for 12 years, I could not get braids. Like, I did mm. not want braids. And it's something free, it's something ethnic about being able to do whatever you want with your hair and not mm. having to answer to anyone for it. Not having somebody come up and be like, oh my God, what's going on with your hair? Can I touch it? Mm-hmm. Different things. So, to me, it's just, as a black woman, it's relatable for it. You know, it's it's doubly offensive for Kaepernick to say, I mean, for Vic to say, you need to cut your hair. Because we as black women have been hearing for decades, oh, you need to straighten your hair, or you got that nappy head, and why oh, you got that nappy head, and you need to, you know, and, it, and it's sad, but it's, it's what we have to deal with. Um, oh. And so... I just and I, and I want to say to the people, you know, I know we're getting ready to wrap up the show, but to the people, we didn't prepare any of these statements together. You know, the reason I asked that question was because a lot of people on social media are saying, well, you act a certain way where you're at a job. I am like you. I am. I am six foot three over 300 pounds and I'm not, you know, a blubbering mess. I have to act accordingly in my corporate job Mm -hmm. because people feel threatened when I walk down a hallway. So if I decide to raise my voice or uh, become assertive, overly assertive with uh, someone at my job, or if I decide to stand over someone, understand that's perceived very differently from everyone else at my office. And so asking Kaepernick, You know, that's why I'm glad you brought out his goal. My goal is not to perpetuate that stereotype and also to not blind people from my abilities. I don't need you to Mm -hmm. see my image. I need you to see what I can do with Kaepernick. His goal is not on the field. If it was on the field, then Michael Vick's uh, advice would be applicable. But that's not his goal. And Vic should know that's not his goal. His right. goal is outside of the field. And so asking him to cut his hair is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I hope Vic can figure out a way to correct what he said or explain what he said. Or else this is going to be a big pivotal moment for Vic because his main right. supporters, like you said, they feel away. Mm-hmm. And we're and that feeling's not going to go away no time soon. I can guarantee you that. It won't. All right, excellent discussion. Um, we're going to get ready to end the show. Uh, before we end the show, we we do a rank them segment and then we do a man law violation segment. We'll get right to it. Uh, we've been doing the NBA, so we just want to continue doing the NBA. We're going to rank the top five shooting guards in the NBA. Um, I don't know about you, Vashti, but. I remember when shooting guard was the almost one of the premier positions in the mm-hmm. NBA. That's where all your talent was. Um, and if it wasn't there, it was at your center position. Now, when I was ranking these guys, I was like, there, there aren't any more shooting guards. Hey, these shooting guards are either That's point true. guards or small forwards. Now there's no more shooting yeah. guards. So, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, um, I, I, that's a big change from the Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade's, you know, that Mm -hmm. era. 
it was just shocking when I started to go over the list of like people who could be considered top five, and I was like, some of these guys barely started. Exactly. It's crazy. So, really quick, what criteria do you use when you're considering who's the best shooting guards in the NBA? I guess it has to be, first of all, listed on the roster as a shooting guard. Um, I always look at, I'm not just somebody who looks at how many points you're able to score, although that is very important. I look Mm -hmm. at the impact on the team, on the league. I like guys who are able to play defense as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and uh, how good your team is does play a role in it. So, yeah, there's several factors. Yeah. Uh, Some of the factors that I had, um, defense, but I don't necessarily need you to be able to do post-defense, but I need you to be able to defend the perimeter. Um, Uh To be able to to create a shot um, is is huge for me, um, especially off the dribble. Um, Finishing and having efficiency while you're shooting. So that was my criteria for when I ranked them. So um, I'll let you go first. Who's your top five shooting guards in the NBA? Okay. So it's kind of tough. You said there really aren't that many. I think that I want to note that Chris Paul is now in the Rockets, so he will be their point guard. Yes. Right? Officially. So I'm going to leave James Harden in, in my list of shooting guards. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's going to be his, his role on this on this new revamped uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMar Rosen. Clay Thompson. CJ McCollum. Okay. We have very similar lists then. Um. My list, very similar to yours, is it's just order is different. Number one, I have Clay Thompson. That's just because I love his 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 defense doesn't show in the stats, but when you watch him play, this guy's a hard nosed defender. And we know his scoring capabilities. Um, James Harden, he's just too good. I don't care if he don't play defense, he's he's James Harden. Um Number three is Bradley Beal, who I think is underrated. DeMar mm-hmm. DeRozan, number four. And number five is C.J. McCollum. Now, we have the exact same list. Yeah. Now, we'll different say, order, you said. Yeah, just different order. I will say this. I debated whether or not to keep C.J. McCollum or to put Devin Booker on my list. Mm. Why didn't you say Devin Booker? Um, I don't know if he's a true shooting guard. Mm, okay. Uh, see, I, don't I think know. he is. He's listed as a shooting guard for the, for the Suns. I, I, I guess he's kind of like a below average starter, though. I wouldn't say that he's like... I would say that McCollum is kind of like in the top tier starters. Mm-hmm. But Booker, he has potential, but hes I don't think that he's as good as McCollum is right now. I think yeah. that his, up, his, his upside potential is better than McCollum. We're not talking about yet. We're talking about like right now, right now. 
yeah. right now in the league who's better. So I think that Booker has better upside, but I think that McCullough is kind of where he's going to be now. Good point. I like that one. Um, I also said that Devin Booker is the reason I didn't put him five was just his percentages are just not where it needs to be. Um, I need you to be able to have good free free throw percentage, good field goal percentage. Three four percentage needs to be at least a, above a thirty four. His numbers are too low for me, and and I want him mm. to get those back up. I want him to get those up before I start to consider him, you know, in in that list. But I'm with you, Devin Booker. In two years, he may be number three on the list. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Malik Monk will be up there. He won't. All right, let's let's move on. Um, down to our man law violation segment. Um, and uh, we we talked. I I did some research. I found out that this guy. He's actually a comedian, so this is fake. But there's a video, and I'll play the audio in here. So my girl just said that she was that we were on a budget, but I just came out to Walmart. I followed her on GPS tracking, and I just caught her legal nails. And I'm about to figure out what's going on here. Um, like, what are you doing? Hello, what are you doing? You said we're on the budget. We got $17 in our account, but you're here getting your nails done? I gotta wash my hands. I gotta wash my hands. Wash your hands. How much does this cost? It's like $2. It's not no $2. I can't believe you. You, I'm at the house hungry and you in there getting your nails done? Why are you here if you hungry? Why are you getting your nails done and we only got $17 in our account? You busted. I followed you on the GPS. You didn't know that the phone got trackers on it. You in here getting your nails done and we ain't got no food. What about you? Hello? You got formula. You can't eat your nails. You're being really irresponsible and selfish. You don't get your nails done and we ain't got no food at home. Well, we get paid next week. Next, okay, so what are we supposed to do until next week? Well, what was, this only like $7. Like, like what was it going to do? $7 of $17. What are we going to do for the rest of the week? Oh Neither one of us get paid. We got oodles and noodles. Oodles and noodles? Yes, I cannot believe you're in there getting your nails done. This is, I cannot believe this. We on the budget. We on the budget. We ain't got no money. We ain't got no money, but we got money for those nails. And, and did you get a, nail, a set and everything? The, no, I didn't. No, stuff? I didn't. They just changed the polish. It looked like you got some, some I did the colicules or the follicles thing pulled back. That's extra. Can you please stop? Can you stop? Seriously. I'm about to ask him how much it costs. Don't ask him. Can you go? Can you stop? Tell I don't believe you, me, man. We ain't got no food at home. You in here getting your stop. nails done. You, you should have been nailing some burgers to the to the dang skillet. Can you stop? I can't believe you. Tell him you, you're not getting it done. It's already it done. It's, it's over. Put it back on. What are you talking Put the nail stuff back on. Oh, my on. God. Can you stop? Can you stop? Why don't you ask him for a job? Mm. You know I'm hurting right now. Can you stop? Seriously. She, she can't afford it, sir. Are you she guys can't afford hiring? It. Like, can you help him? Are you hiring? Maybe you can get a job. Maybe you can sweep up something. Wow. Maybe you can go to work on Myra's tools. That's how you get down. Whatever. Like, I'm, like, I work hard. I deserve to get my nails done. Not with the last $17 we got in our account. Why is the last $17? Because when do you work? When? Where? I'm working How? on that. I'm working on that. Yeah? Are yeah. you? When? Yeah. How? I'm going to get some money one day. One day. 
Why don't you choose a day? It's mad days of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, today, yes, today, tomorrow, day. Selfish. Whatever, bye. Selfish. I call it. His boyfriend catches his girlfriend getting her nails done. He tracked her down using GPS, walked in on in Walmart, and because they only had $17 in the bank, he decided to go off and put that, um, put the video out for everybody to see. Now, of course, I found out later this is fake, but it made me think. In this situation, did the man violate man law with his actions? Um, I'll go first. First of all, you don't embarrass your woman ever and you don't do it in public. So that alone made me say, I, I don't know what this guy was thinking. Um, but what did you think when you saw the video? I, I thought it was fake. I got to admit, when I first saw it, I was like, nah, this isn't real. Because that woman kind of played into it way too long. And I could tell he's not an actor. Like, she probably was an actor. She probably did. She did a better acting job than he did. But, um, yeah, he violated man law. Because in the in the thing, she clearly said that she brings home all the money, makes all the funds, and she wants to pay $7 to get her new college. And he's complaining, or she's asking him, where your job? And he says, oh, I'm working on that. Well, why are you not working on it right now? Why are you taking the time? to track me on GPS and come and embarrass me in the damn shop. Were her bodies messed up if it were real? Yes. Probably. Yeah. But if we're talking about purely violating man law, violation, I'm writing him a ticket <laughs> with at least a $2,000 fine. <laughs> I agree. Um, like I said, you don't embarrass your woman. You don't put it out on social media or anything if that was the case. And, and, you know, you don't, even if it wasn't recorded, don't do it in public, especially if you broke, if you broke, keep your problems in the house. Mm -hmm. I'm broke. So I don't put my problems out on social media. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, I will say to all the women that watch this video and decide to focus on the man not having a job. Guess what? She dating a man that don't have a job. So oh, take come that on, she's sticking. Let's. How about she's sticking with a man through his tough times as he's looking for a job? Not gonna fault her for riding for her man because if she left him because he didn't have a job, then she'd be wrong for that also. But eh. we talking about violating man code. I'm not gonna let you come and try to get this get this chick, Mike. That's not nah, right. I'm gonna get her. Get your hair and don't get your hair and nails done for seventeen dollars. You know what seventeen dollars can do? That can feed us for a whole week. We can make a big old thing of spaghetti and salad. You sitting up here getting your she nails. She said they had ramen noodles at the house, and the baby had formula. You know what? They look like they had ramen noodles at the house. That may seem a and little shady, could, but it did. You could get they had if they had seventeen in their account, and she took out seven to get her nails done. She can go get a, 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 a other $10 to go get a 10-pound bag of chicken from Walmart since it looked like that's what she was getting her nails done. And then they eat chicken and ramen noodles for the rest of the week. Oh, right the whole week? Jesus Christ. I say this. Fellas, please don't embarrass your woman out in public. We laugh at you. 
you chose her, don't embarrass her right. in public. If you're going to embarrass her, do it at home and take her fresh nails and pour bleach on them or something. Don't do it in public, though. I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not condoning it. I'm not even. I'm not. Let's move on. That is the end of our show. Uh, thank you so much, Vashti, for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Um, before you leave, can you give out your social media and your website and tell how uh, tell everybody how they can find you? Yeah, uh, CarolinaBlitz.com. Make sure you check it out. I got more stuff coming from ACC Media Day. And as soon as I can formulate my opinions on all of this stuff that's happening in Carolina, I'm going to post some articles on those things as well. So CarolinaBlitz.com on Twitter at CarolinaBlitz and um, on, I'm sorry, Twitter, Instagram is at CarolinaBlitz. Twitter is at Bashtai, V as in Victor, A-S-H-T-I, Hurt, H-U-R-T, and Facebook, CarolinaBlitz. So I'm there. I'm everywhere. Uh, I'm even on Snapchat, but I got to get my Snapchat name changed. I don't, it's not the easiest. So we got to, I'm not going to get that out quite yet. (laughs) Um, I will say everybody, matter of fact, I'm going to post a link uh, below this on, in the description of your YouTube of, um, of ACC media day. It's really good. You ask some really interesting questions. I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. Go click on the link and go listen. It's really good stuff. Um, of course, you, no problem. You know, you can find us at uh, at the number four HF Advantage on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook for Home Fit Advantage Sports Talk for Home Fit Advantage Sports Trash Talk. And always check us out. Tweet me. Let me know if you disagree with me. It's all good. Vashti, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a podcast for Home Fit Advantage and we out.